1: Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service
2: Patriots podcast.
0: Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan.
2: All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you on a beautiful football Friday. We got some big football games to talk about because out here in the Pacific Northwest, there's some of the biggest games on the slate this weekend. Dirt, 10 hours ago, somebody tweeted... I took uh, I took Houston plus three. I deserve this. <laughs> and about maybe twenty minutes later, maybe fifteen minutes later, he was celebrating. Colin Wilson, Action Network, one of our favorites. Big bets on campus. You can find amongst many other things he does for the Action Network. He's one of our favorites with college football stuff exclusively because he loves the sport so much. And he hops on with us, Colin. How are you? How are you? Have you covered from the West Virginia Houston ending yet? How are you feeling?
3: I feel like I need a t-shirt, you know, like I survived the Dana Holgerson Bowl. Uh, I mean, that was one of the most electric shots of adrenaline and gambling history I've ever had. So, I mean, that that should be in a dictionary. It should be shown to the aliens when they land.
0: I mean, you guys have the Bad Beats hotline that, you, you know, you play the, the calls of people calling in and yelling and ranting and all that stuff. And we've actually played some of them on our show. Do you need the reverse? Is there like a, how the hell did that cover hotline? I'm so thankful. <laughs>
3: My 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 podcast partner actually sent it out and said, "All you Houston fans, go ahead and call in." And then three minutes later, he tweeted, "All U.S. Virginia fans, you go ahead and call in." So that's what kind of game it was?
2: That is not great. I don't. I, the West Virginia calls are probably going to be legendary because their season was going pretty well. Can you know considering all the expectations of what they were? Uh, Colin Wilson, our guest here, Action Network on Twitter at underscore Colin with two L's and the number one. Uh, let's start with the Pac-12 because they have the the biggest games of the weekend. I I don't know why. I I don't trust USC's defense as far as I can throw them, and I can't lift any of those dudes. But there's something about Notre Dame's defense last week. Coming off that Ohio State game a couple weeks ago, I could see Caleb going into South Bend and moving that ball a little bit, and he scares me to bet against. Colin, am I crazy? I kind of like that USC's getting three points at South Bend.
3: Yeah, I, I don't. I like I like Notre Dame in this spot. I, you know, they're going to come home. They're going to get to rest in their own beds, and hopefully Marcus Freeman didn't practice them at all and just say, go get some rest. Get 10 hours of sleep, but that way you don't lose the Louisville on the road after seven weeks of crazy travel and crazy high-profile games. But I think what this comes down to is there's a lot of conditions, like the field conditions, the weather, that's going to favor Notre Dame in their run game. Audrick Estime has the ability to bolt through this USC defensive front seven. Notre Dame can control the clock if they want to. But when I did a real deep dive into, like, Caleb Williams' numbers over the last two years, I really wanted to see what coverage is. Like, does he struggle with any kind of coverage? Because, you know, mostly what USC and and Caleb is, is they get some pressure on the pocket. He does this little spin move outside the tackle box, and then he sees coverage downfield. And that kind of coverage that he's throwing against, he is a very high explosive rate and a very high success rate against quarters coverage. But he's never been – he's been about average vanilla against cover three and cover one, and Notre Dame runs an extreme amount of cover three and cover one. So I don't think there's a way to contain the explosive plays. All you can do is try to minimize how many times it happens, and Notre Dame definitely – has the coverage to get that done. So I think at home with those weather conditions and considering the fact Notre Dame can control the clock and bolt through that line, I like Notre Dame in this spot.
0: We pick Pac-12 games against the spread on our show every single week, and I just want to throw because there's bigger games in this, I'm just fascinated by a couple of these lines, and I, I we make our picks on Thursdays, and I have zero confidence in my picks this week. The spread is very weird to me tonight with Colorado and Stanford. Like, what's going on there? Because Stanford's been terrible. And then the Cal-Utah line, also very similar. I know Utah's inept offensive. What do you make of those being 11-point lines for the home team?
3: I actually do make Stanford-Colorado 11. I think the total is what had me more interested. I could be under in this game, which there's some steam on the over, and I get it because Stanford has this offense that kind of has a billion pieces moving pre-snap, and Colorado is just an explosive machine that runs at 22 seconds per play. But these are the two worst offenses, not just in the Pac-12, but almost in the nation, what a stat called – offensive momentum killer which (laughs) (laughs) I know I know I just I saw this was like what is this but it it, it, it's like how many times do you have fourth down failures how many times do you miss a field goal have an interception how much do you have interruption to your offense Stanford and Colorado are like two of the worst in the nation when you bring Travis Hunter back that allows him to play on that corner again and kind of cut half the field off so that you know Ashton Daniels is not going to be looking to pass that way so I do like the under more than anything in this but you know, th- these offenses, they just struggle to get drives together.
2: <laughs> Colin Wilson's our uh, our guest here from the Action Network. Big bets on campus. He does a great job covering uh, all angles of gambling, really, in college football as it's a big weekend in the Pac-12. Uh, UCLA is at Oregon State. This is an interesting game, Colin. I, I'm feeling a little too confident in my Beavers to be able to cover this number against UCLA, but it's a Dante Moore-led team. On the road, the over under is interesting. This seems like a defensive slugfest in the over under numbers in the 50s. What's your kind of read on UCLA coming to Corvallis? Five o'clock kick on Fox, massive game, getting a little overshadowed uh, shadowed by UW and Oregon. But what's your read on UCLA, Oregon State?
3: I would like everybody in Corvallis to know how much I love the state of Oregon and the city of Corvallis before I say UCLA, I think, is winning this game outright and they don't need the points here. and. You know, everybody focuses on those pick sixes that Dante Moore has thrown against Washington State. I mean, it was a deal breaker against Utah. That's why they lost the game. But when you look a little bit deeper into his numbers, he has 15 big-time throws and six turnover-worthy plays. That's a great ratio, especially for a true freshman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one thing is is Oregon State, they just run a coverage that, that, you know, they run a cover three, which Dante Moore has not had any problems with. It's been other types of coverage that he's thrown into that he's had an extreme issue. And this UCLA defense, the hiring of DeAnton Lynn as the defensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens staff. They're top five in so many different statistical categories. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's coverage or stopping the run, uh, finishing drives, which, you know, is how many points you score. The UCLA defense has been fantastic. And it's been a complete turnaround here. So – Um, I've got UCLA winning this game outright. I I know DJ went off and all these explosive passes, but that's just not going to happen against UCLA defense.
0: Let's see if you want to piss off one fan base or two fan bases in the state, Colin, Oregon (laughs) and Washington, the big one tomorrow, uh, in Seattle. We're all obviously excited for it. A classic last year. How do you view that one? I like the ducks
3: here. So the Ah. entire state of Oregon can take a (laughs) breath here. Uh, You know, and the the thing that shocked me, when I, when I dumped out the numbers, I started going back and forth because these are, this is the number one and number two offense of college football. It's not even close, actually. Uh, They are the best at getting down the field. They're the best at putting points on the board. But look at the other side. This Washington run defense has been pretty bad. I mean, they have numbers that are within the, the bottom 15 against the rush. Uh, and when I look at that, Oregon has a superior group of running backs. They, Bo Nix has only had seven rushing attempts this season because the running backs have been so good. Bucky Irving creating a ton of missed tackles. Uh, you know, Jordan James is 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 a workhorse, seven TDs on the season, and that is going to be a huge problem for Washington. That means Dan Lanning can control the clock. That means he gets to keep Michael Penix off the field. Uh, I, I like the Oregon defense. I like the Oregon rushing attack. I do not like Washington splits against the run. And
2: do you like? It sounds like you kind of lean in the under here because a lot of people out here are picking the over thinking, okay, this is going to be in the high 30s, maybe even low 40s. Do you, you kind of see an underplay here?
3: I was in that mindset on Sunday. Uh, when I took an opener on over 67, I said, well, this is just going to be two offenses marching up and down the field. Uh four by four or five days later, right now, I'm sitting here telling you that Oregon is going to be able to control the clock and the best way to be watching is to keep the Penix off the field. And I'm thinking that this might be a Slower paced game than we all expected. I'm kind of dying to get out of my overbed I made earlier in the week. I think I agree. I think the under is absolutely the play.
0: Interesting. I want to throw one other one at you in the Pac 12 that we've had a hard time with all week, and that is the Arizona Wazoo game. It's like kind of flying under the radar a little bit, four o'clock kick. There's no Pac 12 after dark, so I think I'm going to DVR it and watch it uh, later in the night because there's a lot going on at four. It's a 7.5 point spread. Arizona's been feisty the last couple of weeks and damn near beat USC on the road. I know their quarterback situation is a little weird because they might play Jaden Delora, but is that too many points to be given an Arizona team against Washington State?
3: I, I think so. Arizona is playing at a high-level clip that people aren't noticing, and and even before that USC three overtime game, I mean, they've been a problem for everybody over on the West Coast, and that I think that reflects in coaching. Jed Fish is a I mean amazing to keep it together and perform the way they have losing Jaden Delora and if they get him back it's even better. Right now Arizona is number 1 in the nation rushing success rate. They're top 15 in passing success rate. This offense is going up and down the field and getting a ton of first downs. They could do a little bit better in the red zone, but I mean it, you can't ask for everything out of a, yeah. you know, out, out of where this program is, but definitely Arizona is a team on the rise. Washington State we're wondering if they're a little bit fraudulent. At least we know on offense they can't run the ball at all. It's an all pass. So if Arizona can play some coverage, which I think they will, they'll definitely win this game.
2: Colin, we'll get you out of here on this. What's your favorite play of the weekend? Ooh,
3: That's a good one. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern against James Madison. I, if you want to go listen to the Big <laughs> Bets on Campus podcast, it is dirty. That's the Sun Belt. It's a, it's a big one in the Sun Belt, but – I'm going to go Georgia Southern's heavy pass attack beating James Madison outright.
2: Well, having listened to the podcast, <laughs> I actually knew you were going to give me a game that nobody has thought about at all, which is great, and why we enjoy having you, man. Thanks for being flexible this week. We tried to get you on earlier. Your schedule's super busy. We understand it, but we appreciate you hopping on early on a Friday morning. Uh, I don't agree with your Oregon State take. Everything else was fantastic,
1: though.
3: <laughs> Thanks for having me,
2: guys.